0: We believe that alcoholism is a disease and that Alcoholics Anonymous is one solution to that disease. I'm here to bring you the voices of its members. Everyone that comes on the show, including myself, is an active member and has found recovery in the rooms of AA. As you listen, please take what works for you and leave the rest.
1: My name is Anthony T and I'm a grateful member of both fellowships. I'm going to share my experience, my strength, and my hope. My experience in life has been ups and downs, lockups, and being free and being physically free, and still being bound and locked up mentally and physically by my addiction. I can remember uh, when I grew up, I grew up with two parents, my father and my mother, four brothers, and my life was a life that a person could possibly dream for. My parents were very supportive in my life, as well as in my sports. My dad and my mom always looked out for me as far as the best that they could. It wasn't about the environment. I grew up in a beautiful neighborhood. I had a whole lot of, I would say, uh, curiosity in a lot of areas of my life because we were very sheltered. My dad was the type of person who wanted the best for his kids, and he thought that he could protect us to the fullest. There's a lot of gang banging and things going on in, in in schools and stuff of that nature, and he didn't want us to be part of it. So we went to private school. That's when I was introduced at an in early age to uh, marijuana. I think marijuana was my gateway drug. It was a drug that I thought that was Acceptable, a drug that I thought everybody used. I remember graduating out of junior high school. That was the thing that we did. We smoked a joint between 10 people, I think it was. I didn't feel any way or any shape or form like I wanted to continue to do these things, but it was just something to do because I was with the people I was with. There wasn't any pressure. I just chose to do it out of curiosity. And lo and behold, it it was something that I chose to do. But at the same time, it was something that came upon me that I wanted to do as well. After experiencing that, I remember uh, I had a baseball career. I started playing Little League and Pony League baseball. I got real good at baseball. Had a scholarship to one of the prominent high schools here in Joliet. I ended up ending my career with the uh, injury playing basketball. Uh, I had a surgery trying to rehabilitate myself and get back into the swing of things. But then that surgery, they gave me a pain med. And it was uh, something that carried me through for like over a year or two. And it kept the pain away, but I couldn't really use my left arm to the capacity or the ability that I once had. So I couldn't play. And I had it done by a sports specialist that had promised me that I would be able to have a career. But that wasn't true. I ended up going to therapy for a while. Things wasn't panning out. So I ended up letting baseball go. And that was my dream, is play in the pros. Teams was looking at me as far as colleges and things. And in that time, I ended up getting my girlfriend pregnant and having my first daughter, first girl in our family. And in that time, I had uh, started selling weed and drinking alcohol and hanging around the wrong people, I would say trying to meet other people's expectations and not the expectations of my parents or even myself. I got caught up in the grips of that disease at that point in time in my life. And, then you know, it's an old saying, if the drug don't kill you, the lifestyle will. Using that drug led me on to harder drugs. And that in tune allowed me to start selling that drug as well and led me to the penitentiary. Now, take in mind, remember, I was in the penitentiary, but I'm going to go back a little ways, and I worked as a correctional officer at one of the institutions here in Joliet. For a long time, I worked there, and I was a good employee, but at the same time, I had a, a drug addiction as well. No one knew it. But at the same time, one day I dropped. They they came to call me and told me that I needed to drop in the office. And I was dirty, and I ended up losing that job. Two months after losing that job, I ended up in the same prison that I used to work at. That was the beginning of a downfall that I couldn't stop. Went to the penitentiary. Went to college, did what I needed to do in order to get back home, just to go back again for the same thing. In my experiences, I ended up going through a lot of medical problems. I ended up having two heart attacks, ended up 600 miles away from home, left in a field for dead, left on a a gurney, and they told me I wasn't going to make it. There was a lot of things happening in my life that I thought I had control over, but had no control at all. Here I am using a substance that is called a control substance that had complete control of my actions, my behavior, and my attitude. It told me when to go, how to go, and what to do. And not knowing at that particular time in my life that I had no control living in an illusion and had stepped away from all reality and not even knowing it. what i used to know was right became my wrongs and my wrongs became right the lying the cheating the manipulating the stealing all the other things that goes along with the disease of addiction or a disorder Because my life was in a total disorder at that particular time. When I thought I had some control, I had none at all. I ended up going back and forth to the penitentiary. Here I am, knowing that I want to stop, but not knowing how to stop. I was hopeless, helpless, and did not know what to do. Or what I wanted to do in life. There was times in my life where I just wanted to let it all go and just end it. But I was too much of a coward to do that too. But when I look back on my life, I wasn't living. I was just existing. Existing from one drink to the next drink. But not living life at all. I would not go to sleep. I would pass out and come to. I wouldn't sleep and wake up. I would stay up for days and days on end, chasing something that I could never catch. Chasing a feeling that would never let me catch it, regardless of how much I use, I could never feel the feeling that I was looking for. Throughout that time, I ended up losing relationships, hurting my family, but most of all, hurting myself. In the last two years and four months, I have made a change in my life. I'm going to talk about my strengths. I know that in those dark alleys and picking up all those bags, that it wasn't a fellowship that was keeping me, that was a God of my understanding. And it wasn't even my God at that point. It was the God of my mothers, my grandmother, and my family members that was keeping me through it all. But through this fellowship and through the time that I have cleaned, I have built my own personal relationship with the God of my understanding. My God is the strength of my source and the source of my strength. I thank God for the fellowship for inspiring people, men and women, to create the fellowships that are out there now because without them, there would be no place for me to have that same Kind of camaraderie as I have with those in in Narcotics Anonymous NAA. That truly is my strength. One of my strengths is also being able to have an understanding not just with myself but with my God. To have a relationship where I can speak to him and he and I can receive what he has for me. Throughout that time, I have seen the miracles happen in my life while I'm living life. I have a better life, a good life today which I know that there is more to come as I walk this walk, as I take this journey. I heard a member tell me one time, he said, we come in this world looking like a family. I never thought that I would come in this world or my purpose in this world was to use drugs or to sell drugs or Drink alcohol. He said, but when you leave this world, you look like your last decision. I do not want my last decision to be with a bag in my hand and a bottle in the other. I don't want that to be my last decision. I want it to be where God, of my understanding, would say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Am I perfect? No, by no means. But I'm better. And I strive to get better each day. See, not using drugs is not enough, just enough for me. I'm not, I'm not okay with just being clean. I'm looking forward to have a peaceful, productive life. And to be able to help us to share the message. Not only just share a message, but to be able to lead other people into this new way of life. Who would have ever thought me with two years and four months would be working for the state's attorney's office, problem-solving court, as a full-time employee? The same people that I tortured and and, and lied to and, and manipulated for so long in that system, now I work for them. Now I advocate for other Members, people in the fellowship, not just in the fellowship, but other members that are out there that's caught up and bound in the disease of addiction and mental health disorders to get a second chance at a new way at life. As I have, lived two lives in one lifetime. My hope, my hope is to continue to work down this path, to continue to go down this journey to help other people. Each day I wake up I want to be able to help someone else that that's hopeless or helpless that they may look at me and see that there is a new way of life that there is hope that I'm that vision or that blip of hope that they need to make it through one more day make it through one more minute whatever it takes for them that's what I do today I'm a peer support specialist I do things To help the individual to see and to believe that he can have another way, a better way of life, without the use of drugs and alcohol. I'm grateful today for the purpose that he has given me. I look at it not as a job, but as a purpose and as an assignment that he has given me because he kept me through Everything that I went through. The heart attacks. The left in the field for days, the, the people that said I wasn't going to make it. But knowing he knew all the time. What my calling was. What my purpose was. I'm grateful today. That I can sit back. And I can look at where I've been. And I can see those people. Who still struggle and say. But for the grace of God. They go out. How could I help you? See it's not about talking down to them. I see people straight across. I'm leveled out with them because I know that I can be one drink one drug from returning back to that active way of living or existing, you should call it. I thank God today for keeping me and allowing me to be able to have in a relationship and not just an acquaintance with people. Living life on life terms and not having to have only one option, to pick up or to drink. I'm grateful to the individual member who asked me to share this message because I never knew that I could carry a message that would touch people in all aspects and all areas of my life and of their life. I just wanna say I'm grateful today, I'm thankful today And I appreciate each and every one of my listeners. And once again, my name is Anthony T. And I'm grateful today. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Anthony. Oh, that was so, so quick, but so soulful. You should be a preacher.
1: I should be a what?
0: A preacher. (laughs) I just love the energy and the passion. And when you were talking about you know, you said God, not of my understanding yet, but a God of my grandmother and my mother. And, and I was over here just saying, amen. Yes. Like it was just so good. (laughs) It was so good. I loved it.
1: I don't believe I let him speak. And when he tells me I'm done, I'm done. And I hope that it's a message in between that, you know,
0: it was very potent for sure. It was fantastic.
1: And you you're about the third or fourth person that have heard me speak and share in a meeting and did a lead. I did a couple of leads here and there. And that's the first thing they say. You sure you're not a minister? <laughs>
0: so I have a few questions. Can I ask you a few questions? Yes. All right. February 4th, 2021 is your sobriety date, right? Yes. So happy two years and some months You were talking about going back and forth to the penitentiary, Mm -hmm. and I'm assuming that's synonymous. That's the same as like prison, or is there a difference between penitentiary and prison?
1: They're the same thing. Okay.
0: All right. Just a fancier word.
1: What? Penitentiary?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, more syllables.
1: They call it like it is. (laughs)
0: All right. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you were going back and forth in and out of the penitentiary. And Mm -hmm. you wanted to stop, but you didn't know how. But somehow you did. Can you tell us a little story about what happened early February 2021?
1: What happened was I was in a a county jail because I was in drug court. I worked for the same drug court that I went through. And I went through the drug court. And I ended up having a, a fatal accident when COVID hit. They said I wasn't going to never walk again. And in that time, there, I went, I was airbagged from uh, Joliet to Chicago and had a surgery, trauma unit surgery. My hip had totally left my side, my right side. And they had to fuse it back together. I got all kinds of screws in me right now. And in that time, I was in drug court, like I said. So I started taking painkillers, and I was going to physical therapy, doing what I needed to do. Court wasn't being held like it was normally held. And I took that to go back out and use again. And when I was using, I ended up getting locked up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And when I got locked up that time, drug court came to see me. But in that time, I was in the medical unit and they was, no one would come in those cells, right? It was always two men in the cell. But all while I was there for those six weeks, nobody came to my door. So it allowed me to be with me and the God of my understanding. And I had a spiritual awakening at that point. That I was not living, I was existing in the life that He had gave me, and He wanted me to live. And in order to live, I needed to let go of everything that I used to do, and that means an active change in the way I think, act, and behave. It and told me to speak it as though it is and speak in boldness, right? But not just speak it, live it and walk in it. And when I walked out of that door and I had to go back to treatment again and in that time I had a blood clot in that same leg and I ended up back in the hospital again. That was enough for me to want to live. And I know today that I could not live my life And live life abundantly using drugs and alcohol.
0: Okay, so you're living abundantly. You cannot live abundantly with drugs and alcohol. What does living abundantly look like? You mentioned miracles happening in your life today.
1: Who would have ever thought I would be working for the state's attorney's office? As a peer support specialist, I went back to college. I always feared college, didn't it? And it was some, I was always a good student, but, but not the kind of student that I thought I should be. And I had a fear of going back to college. I knew that there was calling on my life to do certain things, to be a motivational speaker, to share this message. What better way to do it than to share the message to the people where I had been on and off? all my life to let them know that there is hope. And what better place to show them where that hope can come from is right there in the county jail or working for the state's attorney's office, working through the courthouse, advocating for them, giving them that second shot. And then once I advocate for them, helping them get the treatment that they need. See, I know today that a need has to become a want. See, you could ask me, do I need help? And I say, yeah, I need help. But until I want the help that I need, it's just help. The need must become a want in that individual's life. The need had to become a want in my life. When I wanted something, and I look at him, I talk to him. when you wanted to get high, and you said to yourself, you need to get this, what did you do? To get it. That same need has to become a want in this area of your life. That's the change that happened to me. My needs became a want. Other people's needs that saw that what I needed became a want for me.
0: It's so powerful. I love that thought. I'm going to have to really think about that some more. It's really powerful. The, the need has to become a want. The need must become a want. Is there anything that you're thinking of now or that you left out that you'd like to share?
1: Time does not change a man or a woman. A man or a woman changes in time when they choose to. Pain, hurt, near-death situation does not change a person. I know for me, I always surrendered to the circumstance or situation, but never the problem. And once I surrendered to the problem, the situations, the pain, the negative consequences went away.
0: That's so poetic. You're very good at this. For final question, for the person out there listening, still suffering in their disease, what message would you like to leave with them?
1: Life is like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get until you take that first bite. Take that bite. Give yourself a chance. Get on this journey. It's not a destination.
0: For more information, read the first 164 pages of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous or visit keepcomingback.net.